Good afternoon and welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Leadership Tools and Strategies. Thank you for joining us here at the tail end of July as we are experiencing heat all across this country. Really excited today to have Katie Edwards in from the Nonprofit Centers Network and we'll be talking a little bit more with her in just a moment as we prepare for Katie, it's good to know you're watching me right now as I was talking. I like that. That's wonderful. All right, so a couple of things. If you are new to our program, you can find us at the at hangouts.centervisionleadership.org, and that's a chance to see any of our old programming. We've got about 50 or so programs that we've run in the past, and most all of them are there in the archives, and there's certainly a topic for you as a nonprofit leader that touches at the core of the things that you're struggling with and the things that you want to know more about. So check out hangouts.centervisionleadership.org. Uh, want to remind you as well, as a toolbox, we always have our magazine. And you can find our, our June issue of the magazine on giving for impact at centervisionleadership.org. And we would encourage you to go there as well to think about joining our community. It's a community for community builders, for folks just like you who are doing great work all across the country, all across the globe. It's a place to ask questions, to grow, to find people who just like you, who are dealing with the same issues, triumphs, the same uh, opportunities. So come join us in there. Some great opportunities at all different levels. And then we want to let you know on Thursday, we're going to be participating in a hashtag nonprofit chat. We're going to start on Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern, and we're going to do something really unique this week. We are going to go and have a question per hour, and those questions will be found on our website, but you can go to hashtag nonprofit chat on the hour. Every hour, we'll have a new question posted, and we'll go for six hours on that. We'll give you an opportunity. We know everybody's busy. You've got a lot of things going on, but we want to engage in this really exciting discussion around co-location uh, that we're, we're going to have today with Katie Edwards from the Nonprofit Centers Network. So let me really quickly, I am, there we go, Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. And let me give you a quick rundown of who Katie Edwards is. Katie is the Associate Director of the Nonprofit Centers Network. And in her work, she has the blessing to be able to connect NCN members with the resources they need to make their project a success. She has an MPA in nonprofit management from Indiana University, where she studied nonprofit co-location as part of her coursework. Since she joined the NCN team in 2012, she's worked on several needs assessments and feasibility studies for developing nonprofit centers. In addition to curating the Ask NCN listserv and NCN's online resource center, most recently, Katie has spearheaded the 2015 State of the Shared Space Sector Survey. And that's a little bit of a tongue twister. So if you can get that one out, you get extra bonus points. She is working in that to develop a sense of best practices in the field. And she's also serves on the Learning Spaces Committee for Denver Shared Spaces. She facilitates a local practitioner roundtable there as well. She is really interested in, and this is one of the things I love about Katie, She's interested in how shared spaces can improve or revitalize a community, especially those in rural areas. All right, so that's a long buildup. Katie Edwards, thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. It's really great to be here. Absolutely. So Katie, um, for those that don't know too much about NCN, would you give us just kind of a brief background of who you guys are and what exactly it is that you do? Yeah, so the Nonprofit Centers Network is a peer learning community of nonprofits who share space with one another across the U.S. and Canada. We have uh, been in existence since 2004. We were formed out of the Tides Foundation in San Francisco, who created their own shared space out of a historic military hospital in 1996. And in the early 2000s, Tide spearheaded a conference to bring together nonprofits who were interested in this idea. They thought it was going to be a really small, intimate gathering, maybe 50 people, um, and 200 people showed up. So they continue to have that conference every year, and we continue to have that conference every uh, to today. Um, we just finished our 2015 Building Opportunities Conference in uh, Vancouver in June. Um, so we spun off from the Tides Foundation in 2013 and relocated our headquarters to Denver, which is home to one of the most highest concentrations of intentionally shared spaces for nonprofits um, with over 20 uh, different buildings that are gathered around different themes. So we have a, a center in Denver that's gathered around nonprofits serving in, in international development, another center around educational policy, um, another center around uh, sustainability and best practices there. So. It's a really vibrant community to be in. Um, so we exist to help connect best practices. Um, there are about 400 nonprofit centers across the US and Canada that we know of. And this community is very dedicated to not reinventing the wheel. Um, this movement was really pioneered in the 1990s, and we've really been learning and developing so many buildings since then. So we exist to kind of connect people who've been trying different things, doing different practices, um, and really helping to encourage them uh, and help their tenants collaborate with one another. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's so intriguing, and, and I come at it with a lot of passion because as a small nonprofit organization ourselves at Center Vision, you know, we started asking a lot of the same questions that NCN has been working on. And I know of, of, of a lot of other organizations that have been asking, whether it's the co-location question or even how do we take and collaborate with our resources. So I think this is a really intriguing discussion. Uh, and some of this, I think, has an overlap to what we're seeing in, in our broader community because co-working has become a real big thing in our community and, and so I guess as we start looking at this is when you talk about those shared spaces and in Denver alone you said there were 20? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's fantastic. Wow. What does it look like on the inside if you could take and rip open the roof Katie and let us just kind of peer in what might that look like in a place-by-place -place type of situation? Yeah, every nonprofit center is different. They're very responsive to community needs. Uh, so it really depends on what the mission of a, of a shared space is, its purpose, the population that it's serving. Some of them look like community centers. Um, some of them look like um, really one-stop shops for all the services that you might need or if you're depending on what population. So we've got some that are one-stop shops for uh, people experiencing homelessness or poverty. Um, we have some one-stop shops that exist to support children and families. Mm -hmm. uh, 
So those look a little bit different and they have a lot more foot traffic. And then we've got a lot of spaces that are themed offices. So those you might see a little bit more open concept floor plan, um, a little bit more uh, administrative, a lot more meeting space. Uh, and then a third kind is, is kind of a multi-purpose office building. Um, a lot of our spaces incorporate uh, some component of co-working, uh, but they also have more traditional office spaces because one of the needs of nonprofits is for privacy, mm -hmm. um, and depending on who you're working with. So a lot of groups that I see um, have some significant privacy concerns, so the spaces reflect that. Uh, so it's really important to know who you're sharing space with as you consider moving into one of these spaces and, and what your needs are of your clients and the community that you serve. The building that we are based out of is the Alliance Center in Denver and it is uh, mainly organizations working in environmental or areas of around sustainability. It's much more uh, open concept, much more uh, collaborative environment because there isn't that sensitivity around um, privacy issues with a lot of the groups that are are working. Um, at the same time we have private spaces and you'll, we're seeing a lot more um, kind of phone booth spaces built into open concept plans so people can step out, have those calls that they need to um, and even in some more like client focused spaces you know, there's a lot of closed off interview rooms so people can have that one to two person, you know, four person meeting uh, and maintain their businesses while they're seeing the efficiencies of those more open spaces or those, those shared spaces. Yeah, that's really interesting and I think that there's, there's a lot to this and, and as you talked about kind of some of the trends there, it, it really fits the trends that we're seeing in workspaces in general, whether we're talking about a co-working entity or a corporate environment. We're, we're seeing a lot of these shifts and so I always think it's exciting when the nonprofit uh, sector is running right along with the corporate sector and the understanding of how we implement best practices. So uh, I, I applaud you guys uh, for, for being at the forefront of that challenge. Yeah. But, well, but I'm sorry is actually catching up to us. So nonprofits have been sharing space since the turn of the 20th century. Uh, a lot of our spaces have their roots in the settlement house movement. Okay. Uh, so we've been intentionally sharing for a lot of different purposes for a long time. You know, better client service, bringing those resources into one space, sharing ideas. So really this whole co-working movement has been a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love the, the, the idea and the, the term that you use in front of the intentional sharing. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there, there's a lot to that uh, when, when people think about why, what is the purpose that brings us together? So let me ask that. So somebody's sitting there, uh, they're, they're listening to us converse on this, Katie, and, and they ask, so, okay, uh, I, I, I like what you're talking about. What, what's the real purpose? What, what happens? What benefits are there for us as a nonprofit as we come together to co-locate? What, what might somebody look at for this purpose? One of the, the for, first things that people look at are the cost savings that come from shared space. Okay. There's a lot of efficiencies in sharing office space because in any building you need conference rooms, you need kitchens, you need bathrooms, but one one organization staff isn't going to be using those resources all the time. Mm -hmm. So by sharing those resources you gain access uh, to those uh, without having to pay as much for them. You can kind of split the cost. And so in the 1990s when our movement really got started, 
there was a lot of focus on cost savings. Uh, we also see a lot of shared services within shared space, so shared office equipment, copy machine, post meter, IT infrastructure, um, and then that has also led to some shared staffing. So a lot of nonprofit centers have someone on staff to support IT work um, and keep those systems up and running. So there's efficiencies um, for the tenants in the space because that's effectively outsourced. Um, so you're not spending that much time maintaining the office space. Uh, by sharing, you can share the burden there. We're also seeing uh, a lot of interesting data around the impact on tenant operations. Um, we recently did our 2015 State of the Sector survey and we asked a cross-section of tenants in these buildings, their executive directors, what the impacts were on their business practices and 82% said they've been better able to achieve their goals. 74% uh, have better quality of service that they're actually providing because they can focus more on their primary mission as opposed to getting distracted by these kind of overhead infrastructure activities that we all have to do, especially if you're in a small staff. Yeah. Um, also we're seeing a lot of nonprofits are easy are more able to retain their staff when they're in shared space. Uh, about 75 percent of the executive directors we surveyed said they've had better staff retention rates since they moved into shared space. Um, and it's been easier to recruit and retain staff. I'm going to ask you to speculate a little bit because that one's one that I think is really interesting, and I've got my conjecture sitting in the back of my mind. What what might you attribute that statistic to? So it's interesting to me because I've worked in two shared spaces uh, since joining NCN, and there's a lot of wraparound uh, services, um, and there's a lot of community support. Um, so when you're in shared space, it's not just you know you doing your own function in your own silo. There are other people, you have a lot of built-in colleagues who are, aren't doing the same work but they're doing similar things. Uh, one group I talked to recently said that, that really they've seen built-in mentorship in these spaces for different executive directors. So it can be lonely when you're at the top of a nonprofit organization. There's a lot of concerns. But all of a sudden when you're in a shared building, you've got a dozen other executive directors just down the hallway that you can bounce ideas off of, ask questions about staff management or best practices or fundraising or you know, any of those kind of issues that you were tackling with and struggling with, um, all of a sudden you have this built-in support network. And there's been, even, even in my experience, we start exchanging leads on different, you know, people who might be interested in each other's work. Um, just a lot of word of mouth referrals and networking. So there's kind of this support system yeah. that comes with the building. And I like that you used the word exchange while you were uh, talking about that, since this is the nonprofit exchange. Uh, you know, that's, I, I think that's, it's a really intriguing piece because we, we talk a lot about, uh, at CenterVision and in, in through the magazine, we talk a lot about the fact that it's hard for other people to get what you do as an executive director. As, as a leader of any kind of nonprofit organization, there, there is sometimes, I think, the tendency to feel isolated. And so to be able to have built-in mentors as well as peers who really do get that is a very significant piece and, and not to be undersold. I'm going to ask you kind of a segue question on that that I think is related. Um, and it's something that we're hearing more and more from, from granting organizations. 
are are you seeing through the NCN network? Um, are are you seeing more people looking at collaborative grants in these types of spaces? So this is like that five million dollar question, um, and we don't have a whole lot of data on it so far. Okay. Uh, there's some interesting interesting you know antidotes that I've heard of some funders being interested in kind of supplanting funding and funding a small subset of organizations instead of the whole group so there's a lot of nonprofit centers who built out policies um, saying if this would change anyone's funding uh, we wouldn't take that money um, if it if a collaborative grant uh, opportunity would supplant funding that the different partners were already receiving, mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of groups that would turn that down because it kind of breaks the bonds of trust within the building. Um, there are groups that find each other and start collaborating and creating new collaborative programs and then they go and seek a collaborative grant um, because that is one of the hot buzzwords among the foundation community. Yeah. Um, However, that's happening really organically in these centers, and it doesn't always make it up to the center manager, okay. and it doesn't always make it up to us. So it's something that we're kind of working on getting a better sense of, and one of the things that NCN will, is working on uh, is a publication called Grant Making in Shared Space to better understand through a series of case studies how that how those collaborative grants and how those dollars are being allocated to organizations in shared space. Um, so we're hoping to publish that next year. That's awesome. I, I think I, I'm thrilled and I know our audience uh, would be really excited for that as that uh, comes to fruition. So let me ask you a, another question here. On, here we're talking the mechanics inside the space. Do you hear a lot about organizations who are having some kind of collective shared meeting or shared ideation uh, across the organizations that are in that shared space. Yeah, that's actually really common. Um, so one of the uh, questions we asked about in our state of the sector survey was different kinds of collaboration and a lot of groups use these spaces as a built-in network. Mm. Uh, so the center managers often create opportunities for their their tenants and members to connect with one another. Okay. Uh, sometimes that's at the executive director level through really structured meetings, whether quarterly or monthly, to kind of share what's going on in each organization. Others, it's more informal and it's you know takes the place in a happy hour or networking lunch sure. so that people can connect on a human level and build trust between one another because a key ingredient in any collaboration is trust between the partners. And that trust takes time to build, and it's built between people. So creating opportunities for people to connect and get to know one another is an important building block to greater programmatic collaborations. Yeah. All right, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to segue here, and we're going to go into something that is a keen interest of yours. Uh, you are, are very interested in the idea of improving and revitalizing communities, and you're thinking about how shared spaces play a role in that. What have you found so far, Katie? So one of the things we found so far is community impact is an incredibly hard uh, concept to measure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really hard concept to tie back to any particular building because there are so many external factors influencing communities. But what we're seeing is once you create, you know, nonprofit centers often go into places that are less desirable um, 
potentially abandoned buildings, a lot of former schools, uh, buildings that have not been cared for um, and in less desirable areas because those are the properties that are available at a price point that we can get to. Sure. And what we see in a lot of scenarios is once the nonprofits come in and build, create kind of a, a critical mass, other businesses start to move into the area, sometimes directly serve the nonprofits themselves, others that serve the population that they serve, um, and then also like cafes and businesses. We've also seen, um, we've had reports from our network of a lot of additional public infrastructure investment. Um, so it's a little hard to say whether nonprofit centers, you know, have that improving effect or if they're leading indicators, uh, they can pick those pick those neighborhoods that are going to be next to develop, uh, but we are creating a foothold and a community asset in so many of these gentrifying neighborhoods and gentrifying communities uh, that is specifically dedicated to community benefit, you know, to the people that live there of all walks of life. Um, so it's something that we're continuing to explore and trying to build out on a case-by-case -case basis, but we're seeing this effect in many communities. Um, in our survey, we had something like 70% seeing new property development or property renovation mm -hmm. in the areas around their center uh, mm -hmm. after they moved their, moved their tenants in. So there's a correlation, but correlation. Yeah. correlation. Maybe causation, but correlation, definitely. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to that. And I think as, as people are listening to this, uh, you know, many people are running small to mid-sized nonprofits and they're not 100-year-old foundations and they're not multi-million and, and certainly not billion-dollar organizations. And, and they're thinking about this and they're, they're saying, all right, Katie, you've, you've piqued my interest here. I, I, there's something about this that I, I keep hearing and I, I like the idea if they're thinking about that, why turn to Nonprofit Centers Network? What kind of support would you guys bring, and what would membership look like for somebody? Yeah, so the Nonprofit Centers Network provides three different tiers of support. Uh, the, the first one and the one that's closest to my heart is through membership. Mm -hmm. We have about 175 members who are in all different stages of either creating centers, running centers, We've also got some real estate developers, city officials, um, academics as well, kind of in the in the uh, periphery of this of our membership, that are really willing to offer advice. So membership gets you access to our Ask NCN listserv, which is an incredibly active email chain. Uh, Today we're having a discussion about safety and security protocols and learning what different centers have done. Um, there's a lot of really great operational nuggets there. We also do uh, webinars, uh, about six to eight webinars a year on different emerging topics. So those are free to members. Um, we also give our members an hour of free consulting to help kind of hone in their problems or issues and connect them to resources. And that peer learning and peer exchange is absolutely invaluable. Uh, we also do uh, at least two events a year. Um, we're in the process of planning out our nonprofit centers boot camp, which is a kind of a 101 
course on all the nuts and bolts that nonprofits need to know, not only about real estate, but also collaborative decision making. You know, if you're a small group and you don't have the uh, ability to do a capital campaign all by yourself, yeah. by bringing in other partners, you can magnify the impact and the capital that you have access to. But every time you bring in new partners, then the decision making gets a little bit more tricky. Okay. Um, we also cover um, different financing strategies uh, and starting those building blocks of collaboration early on uh, at the beginning of the process. So you really are setting yourself up for success once you open your doors. Uh, and then we also are doing a more advanced training. So our boot camp will be in Denver in October, on October 21st. Um, and we'll be opening registration for that in August, which is not that far away. I was going to say, right around the corner, all right. And then in the spring, we will do an advanced centers training, so taking, uh, taking the best practices that have percolated out of the network and really doing an intensive um, one-day training to get people to elevate their practice and elevate the impact that they're having on the organizations within their walls and then also the community without their walls outside of the walls. Yeah, that's great. I, I think that there's a lot there. Uh, wherever you're at in this journey, I think you've got a, a, a supportive organization here that um, is going to bring you into a network uh, of other like-minded people who are asking the same types of questions you are. And, and we very strongly believe in the idea of collaboration. We think it's so important for us across the spectrum to be able to ask these questions of each other and, and find out the, you know, the best way forward. So I'm uh, really excited what's happening there with uh, the nonprofit centers network. Uh, so, so somebody's asking now, well, okay, Katie, you've convinced me. I'm very interested. I want to learn more. How do I connect with you? What's the portal for somebody to get in touch with nonprofit, nonprofit centers network? Yeah. So you can always visit our website, which is www.nonprofitcenters.org, or you can reach out to me directly. So I handle all of our inquiries and help get people connected to our membership and resources, and also centers in, that already exist in your community. Um, so ha people are welcome to send me an email at katie, K-A-T-I-E, at nonprofitcenters.org, um, or give me a call at 720-836-1189. I'm always happy to help in whatever way I can. Absolutely. And folks, they're, they've got a great Twitter handle as well, and it's at Shared Spaces. I'm actually shocked that you guys have that. That's pretty impressive that you have that one. Uh, I figure that was one that would have been taken in 2008 or whatever. But uh, So you can find them on there. And, and, and Katie's going to be uh, tweeting with us on, on Thursday uh, through our hashtag nonprofit chat starting at 11 a.m. Eastern and going out throughout that day. So that's another opportunity to learn a little bit more about what's happening there. Uh, but there's a lot of information that I think that you can begin to glean from them. Uh, there are great annual conferences as well as ongoing surveys. Katie, I, I want to ask you again as kind of a follow-up, that uh, State of the Shared Space Sector Survey. If somebody wanted to get access to that, do they need to be a member? Is there a way to pay for it, or what would that look like? So we are in the process of writing up the report, and we'll, we'll be publishing it, um, and it'll be available to, for free for um, anyone who comes to our website. So it'll be coming out in different stages as we digest the, the, the data and get that out as, as quickly as we can. Uh, so it's currently looking like the first component will come out in September, so keep an eye on our website and our Twitter, and uh, you'll stay updated on when that will come out. 
That's great. Fantastic. Well, Katie, thank you so much. This has been very informative. And I think uh, for many of us, it kind of strikes at the core of why we're in this space to begin with. Uh, the idea of how do we serve together in community? How do we think about collaboration? How do we make the greatest level of impact in our community? So thank you for joining us. Uh, real quickly, just want to remind everybody, if you have missed any of the episodes, check out hangouts.centervisionleadership.org. Uh, join us on Thursday, beginning at 11 a.m. on the hour, every hour for six hours. Hashtag nonprofit chat. We won't take your whole day, but we'll take a little bit at a time. Make sure you check out the magazine. The next one drops in September, and we're looking at embracing your community. And speaking of community, come join ours, centervisionleadership.org uh, slash register. It's a great opportunity. Uh, I am Todd Greer, Executive Director of Center Vision Leadership Foundation. So thankful to have in Katie Edwards from the Nonprofit Centers Network. We are thrilled that you could join us today, and we look forward to talking more soon. Have a great day. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.